This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Bite Size History with the Saints. everyone it's Megan and it's Bradley so we're going to be talking about the recipe that we made yesterday which was a mango and coconut chicken curry kind of dish um it had rice yeah there was chicken thighs mango that was pureed yeah it was pureed after it was cooked yeah either way it was delicious it was really really good uh I, I don't know if because the week before's was so terrible. This was actually a fantastic meal. And I, I finished it off today for lunch. It, it, it was amazing. I really wish we would have had some vegetables in it. Uh, but that was on me to not like do more investigation of what vegetables would have been available. That's one of the big issues with when we're doing these is that, you know, we both have jobs <laughs> and we can only do so much. So sometimes we will cut corners in the way of leaving certain foods off, like vegetables. It's not us being lazy. It's us just not having enough time. Yeah, there's there's a lot of research that goes into this. To give kind of some insight, what occurred was I had to read a couple, bunch of white papers in regards to different ingredients and time periods. White papers are peer-reviewed papers. That is correct. It's a little bit more advanced than your general Nat Geo article. Yeah, so a white paper is nothing more than scientifically written papers that are peer-reviewed, and that's where we get a lot of our information from, because other scientists have done this research, and scientists aren't very good at disseminating the research so that the modern public can understand it. They tend to keep it very scientific. <laughs> And that's one of the things we're trying to do is make this a little more accessible for everybody that wants to be able to do this. 
Yeah, because like I'm I'm not an archaeologist, as I've mentioned before. And one of the things that I run into is questioning certain things. Like when I was reading uh, the white paper, we're talking about like Indonesia and things like that. There was a mention of it was their Neolithic phase in 1000 BCE. Well, I know due to being married to him and him studying Mesolithic studies, the Neolithic in Europe was way earlier. And so for me, it kind of led to a bit of a let's hunt down and figure out why it's a different Neolithic period. And that's just due to region. Yeah, it's nothing more than as we dispersed across the globe, you know, areas that we got to later, such as like Indonesia, they didn't have time to develop farming as early as places like Africa, Middle East, Asia. So it's just a, as we spread across the globe, different time frames for different things. Which made this really interesting because typically we try with the first recipe to go really far back. I didn't have to this time. It was just 1000 BCE, which actually opened up quite a few ingredients for us in general. And to be honest, Southeastern Asia was probably one of the best locations to do this because there are so many ingredients that originate in that region. It, oh my goodness, it was so nice. Well, that and because, you know, most of its islands, they didn't really have a good trade network, so to say. So a lot of the dishes that they eat there today are pretty similar to what they were eating before. The advent, or not the advent, the uh, adding of like chili peppers, that's a more recent thing. But most of the recipes, you could take the chili peppers away and you've still got yourself a pretty authentic recipe for the time period we're looking at. I was going to say, it tasted just fine. Yeah. And like, we might be a little bit biased because the last recipe we did was... <laughs> I mean... It was so many Sichuan peppercorns. And that's one thing I have to bring up is how we decide these recipes is quite often, I'll research recipes that sound good and adapt them. Yeah. And that's the thing is like a lot of times we're having to do our own recipe making because, you know, written recipes, there are some older written recipes, but it's kind of more of a modern thing, writing down what you're cooking so you can share it with others. Back then you lived in small night, uh, small knit communities and those communities would have just kind of eaten the same thing. So in a way it's experimental archaeology. We're not, you know, cooking the way that they would have cooked because... We would love to. We would love to, but we don't have the... Well, we rent where we're at and <laughs> I don't think the landlord would quite appreciate me digging a pit in the backyard so that we could uh, pit roast. <laughs> But a lot of times it's just, and Megan does most of this work, because if it was me, it would just be a chicken breast and some rice, and I'm content. I was going to say, he has the most uninteresting palate I've ever experienced. And that is another complication with these recipes, is I sometimes have to go, will he eat this ingredient? Usually, though, he'll eat almost every ingredient. He just may not like it. Yeah, I mean, I'll try, I try everything so that I can give it a fair review. And sometimes I'm surprised. Other times, you know, I, I know what I like. We all know what we like, but it's good to try new things. The biggest issue we do run into is me telling Megan that you can't use that ingredient because there's no physical way for them to have had that ingredient. And that's, I think, her biggest pet peeve yeah that actually happened this weekend so originally because the recipe recall uh, requires coconut milk i was going to use a can of coconut milk because why not well, i can tell you why <laughs> yeah let brad tell you 
because most modern ingredients that we use in our cooking today are from across the globe. But then there's the times that it was something that was manufactured in the lab in the 1940s. And in coconut milk, it's called guar gum. Guar gum. It's not, it's not period correct. It's not anything correct, really. It's a preservative. Yeah. And we have to take and go through that extra step of reading the ingredients. So instead we decided, all right, we're just going to make our own coconut milk. And, you know, coming from Kansas, we don't have any... <laughs> coconut trees, pine trees, or not pine trees, uh, palm, palm trees, palm trees, palm trees. See, I, I don't even know what they're called, <laughs> but the man didn't see the sea until he was an adult. Yeah. And it was beautiful, but, uh, we don't have any of that. So me, I thought that I know that there's a liquid on the inside of a coconut. So you cut a coconut open and you got coconut milk, but that's not correct. No, that's just coconut water. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that's, that's one of the issues that I've only ever seen people drink out of a coconut in movies. <laughs> and um, I don't know what they're drinking out of that coconut. Probably some kind of liquor. I was going to say it probably is rum. Yeah, not probably. But that's the thing is we went, bought some coconut and it was super easy to make your own coconut milk. Yeah, we're going to post online for the patrons to be able to see exactly how to do it in the step-by-steps because I think going forward that's going to be the easiest way to make coconut milk rather than just using the can. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you, if you want to find out how to make coconut milk, become a patron. I'm not here to peddle our wares to you, but... If you have coin, Kajit has wares. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, that's one of the issues is that making sure everything we use is accurate. And now granted, like the chicken thighs that we used, chickens are much bigger now than they were back then. And that's between a process of us selective breeding and then injecting them with all sorts of hormones. But that's something we can't really change right now. Once we maybe own our own house, have a little bit of land, we can get our own chickens and, you know, this will be more accurate. But until that point, we just have to go, okay, well, these are the chicken thighs that we're allowed to get from the store. Now, of course, there was a particularness that got thrown into this mess. So I do not like meat with bones on them. I don't know why. It really grosses me out. And I prefer to get boneless, skinless chicken thighs. I am 99% certain that Neolithic Indonesians would not have removed the skin and the bones and put that much effort into this. They may have. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said the last episode, my area of expertise is not in food. I love studying about food, though, because, you know, food is a very integral part of us as a species. And figuring out where food comes from, how food got to where it's at, is one of my favorite things to do. But... At the end of the day, I'm just an archaeologist that likes to dig. <laughs> and finding, you know, chicken bones. I've been on sites where I found quite a, quite a few chicken bones. Mm -hmm. But I don't pay much mind. That's the lab's job. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds so dismissive for somebody who now almost exclusively just does lab stuff in his spare time. Yeah, it's, it's I want to be in the field. <laughs> I know you do. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I think the biggest thing with this, this week was just mostly figuring out how do we go forward from here. We have multiple countries that we can do. We're probably going to stick to the normal three week or three food item uh, timeline so that we can continue to go forward because I know we're really eager to get to the Americas at some point. Yeah, and the Americas is where we get a lot of the staple foods that we see to this day. You, know, you get potatoes, you get tomatoes, you get chili, uh, like chili peppers, um, you get corn. You, I mean, the list is, it goes on and on. The list is endless? Not endless. It, it does end eventually. But I do like doing the three, the three recipes per area mm-hmm. because like when we're focusing in a region it allows us to take and kind of branch out because that's one of the other things is that as we developed as you know humans we developed specific regions and those regions each have their own food type that's why you know you've got chinese cuisine you have korean you've got japanese they're all in the same region but they each have their own distinct foods and i do like doing the three per because it gives us gives us that chance to actually explore. Well, and especially because how we've been doing it, at least since, you know, when we we kind of started with the Persian Empire, we expanded by timeline so that we could have the trade that would emerge with each expansion. And we kind of get that going on with China. And I think that's what we're going to do with uh, Southeastern Asia, because that becomes so critical to kind of helping people get to why the foods are the way they are now. We don't go as far as into modern age, but we go as far as we're currently comfortable with. I think in the future, we're going to be doing more stuff that's like, you know, or post-colonialism and things like that. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing is that when two cultures meet, there's an exchanging of ideas, there's an exchanging of goods. And those goods are food, usually. And that's where you get, you know, a bunch of different food groups coming together to make something as amazing as, you know, spaghetti. You know, you get your pasta came from China, the tomatoes came from South America. Depending on the meat you use, I mean, I've heard of all sorts of weird meats going into spaghettis. (laughs) So depending on the meat you use, depends on where it came from as well. But something so simple as spaghetti, something that... We take for granted. It, it came from across the world, literally. Well, even just garlic. That's Middle Eastern. Yeah. And that's the thing is that when we meet, cultures meet, we love to bring food with each other. And that's one of the things that does bring a lot of people together is food. And I like that aspect of all this because we're learning. Hopefully you're learning. Hopefully you're taking the recipes that we're putting up on the blog and attempting them for yourself. And if you're changing them up, to meet whatever standard you want to meet, that's completely okay because that's part of this. That's part of the fun of making these foods. If you want to stay accurate, you can stay accurate. If you want to add, I don't know, broccoli <laughs> to something, I don't know why you would add broccoli to anything. He hates broccoli with a passion enough to the point that I can't put it in any recipes that we share. And I love broccoli. I, I will eat it raw. By the fistfuls. She will. It's disgusting. Oh, it, it, it's it, it, it's like watching a giraffe eat at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but I wish I was that tall. Yeah, I mean you, you know, but it would it would just be all neck. It wouldn't be. Mm. I mean, I guess leg too. Yeah, I have legs and neck. I can deal yeah, with that. You could deal with that. I could deal with that. <laughs> be like a toddler learning to walk all the time. <laughs> it's like me in heels. Exactly. But using these recipes and learning from them is what we hope you do get from any anything that we're doing. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that we're looking forward to uh, with this next week is kind of thinking about like where do we go to next what we're planning on is probably moving forward to um ce so current era and that's going to open up quite a bit of options because by that point the individual islands of southeastern asia would have had more routes into china routes 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 and it would have provided a massive amount of trade that which would have brought things like onions and other exchanges because at that point a lot of Asia was already trading with the Middle East, and so we're going to have new flavors popping in, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is like, when we say 1000 BCE, you know, that was 3000 years ago, and that seems like an eternity ago, <laughs> but in the grand scheme of our species being on the face of this earth, you know, 250,000 years is how long we've been, you know, Homo sapiens sapiens have been around, and 3000 years is a blink of an eye in that whole time period and trade routes you know people like to walk people also really like money <laughs> and you put those two things together you get trade routes and you get that exchanging of food you know bringing the silk road it, it, that was all for you know silk but other things too you know food spices all that fun stuff that make the foods that we do love to eat taste better than just chicken breast and rice but because yeah, to be honest a lot of recipes like when we made a curry gosh that was almost two months ago curries are miserable without a lot of the spices they're very bland very bland and you know it, I, I love myself some butter chicken but a lot we made a doll just to be yeah <laughs> clear we, we did not make butter chicken oh well, that's the thing is a lot of the spices that are used and even a butter chicken yeah weren't available to India at that time. So it's all about just using what we would have available to us and, you know, just experimenting, having fun. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like an ongoing science experiment. And so if you have tried any of the recipes recently and you had a genius idea or it blew up in your face or <laughs> you actually really loved a recipe that we said was terrible, let us know. Yeah, please. If, if you like that much... Um, it's, it's, uh, I can't pronounce the word, uh, the pepper. Oh, Sichuan. Sichuan pepper, where your tongue just kind of goes numb. Then, yeah, I mean, please let me know because I would love to actually talk to you and find out why you can handle it and we couldn't. <laughs> well, and that's the big thing is at the end of the day, we intended this to be fun, but it also is kind of our own science experiment. Like I joked with Brad, he could use this as a PhD if he wanted to. He doesn't want to. Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those kind of things that we want to know your feedback and we want to have these kind of conversations because it is kind of like a peer review for us. Mm. We, we are doing the research. We want it to be responded to. Well, and a lot of times, you know, we do get people that will reach out to us and ask why we didn't use ingredient X. And because that ingredient has been used in their culture for hundreds of years, it's now in the zeitgeist. It's just there they don't 
have to think about their recipes never having had ingredient X. And, you know, sometimes we get people that reach out to us and they're a little angry because we didn't make it properly. And then we have to explain to them that, no, we did make it properly, just not for modern times. And they either will accept it or they'll continue to be angry. And other people that reach out to us absolutely love the idea. Mm-hmm. And they had no idea that, you know, that ingredient was not available. And yet again, that's one of the fun things about my job as an archaeologist is being able to teach people and inform. And when I'm learning something, I want to try to help somebody else learn it too. Because a lot of times we don't have to think about this stuff. I know I say that a lot, but we don't. And, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, sometimes it's great just to not have to think about what's going on now and just think about what was going on, you know. 3,000 years ago. So one of the things that we're going to be doing is for our patrons, we're going to be doing desserts. And, you know, desserts are another one of those things that, you know, chocolate wasn't a thing around the world. Chocolate comes from South America and comes from cocoa. And you probably know that. I don't know why I'm lecturing (laughs) on this. But so finding desserts that are still sweet and it's not going to be ways that we would think of things as being sweet. You know, you you use what you had around you. A lot of fruit. A lot of fruit. But so for our patrons, we're going to take and start doing, you know, weekly. Well, not weekly. Every other week. Yeah. Dessert recipes. So we'll do our normal cooking recipe one week. And then a dessert that should hopefully accompany the recipe that we just made. And if you were interested in that, you know, become a patron. We would love to have you. We've got a Discord. We would love to have conversations. We'd love to hear your input on Discord. I mean, we would love to hear your input. In general. In general. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's really it for this week. Um, If you have any questions about the recipe or any issues with it, just let us know. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful week, too. Thanks. Bye, everyone. 